I'm AJ Bianco, host of Reflect Ed, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Lorna Bryant, head of career solutions for Pearson Virtual Schools. We're talking about initiatives focused on helping students with career readiness. Oh, this is so cool. So much to learn and think about. You're going to love it. Hey, by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? What do you think? That'd be uh, a few nice words and uh, five stars. Hmm? (laughs) You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up the tin and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. Pearson announced that Connections Academy, its K-12 online school program, will expand its slate of college and career readiness initiatives for middle and high school students. The initiatives feature partnerships with Coursera, Acadium, eDynamic Learning, and Credly. Lorna Bryant is the head of Career Solutions for Pearson Virtual Schools. As an educator, administrator, and career education expert, she has spent over 25 years working to identify and create effective and engaging educational options for children. Lorna, welcome and say hi to everybody. Thank you, Steve. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me this morning. Well, glad to have you here. And uh, Lorna, before we get into everything that you're doing now, uh, could could you just tell us a little bit more about you? And and especially at, at some point, you got to tell me how you how you got into this idea that uh, what you want to work on is you know being a career education expert. So that's cool. Sure. So um, I'll actually start at the beginning because I think it matters. Um, I was born and raised in South Africa um, and obviously living in a country with such uh, glaring disparities um, really shaped my views on education and obviously, you know, access and equity. Uh, I was also the first woman in my family to finish high school. And so it was through those lenses that I entered the field of education after I came to the U.S. to, uh, to pursue my college degree. I started teaching in a very small town uh, in in rural Arkansas, uh, where there was plenty of talent, but um, the resources weren't maybe as as plentiful. So for instance, I I had students perfectly capable of succeeding in an AP physics course, but AP physics teachers aren't exactly a a dime a dozen in the rural South. Um, And so I began thinking of ways to expose my students um, and our community to the types of, of opportunities that they that they lacked maybe because of just geography or or socioeconomic circumstances. And that's when I became increasingly interested in the role that technology could play in in filling those gaps. And I think another important piece is beyond my own students. Um, I have a son with autism and and significant communication challenges. And assistive technology became one of the keys that really unlocked his ability to interact, engage with the world uh, in a way that had never been possible before. So I knew from personal, professional experience um, what a powerful impact uh, technology could have if it was leveraged appropriately um, and on a young person's ability to learn and to demonstrate what they've learned. So that's, you know, ultimately how I moved from you know, traditional brick and mortar classroom into the, the online and blended education space. And that's where I have spent the past, goodness, 15 plus years uh, focusing my, my time and attention. Appreciate that. That's cool. It's uh, you know, and, and 
And I, by the way, just a little difference of, you know, from South Africa to Arkansas. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of, I had to adapt just a little bit to that. The, uh, and they had to adapt to me, Steve. So let's be fair. <laughs> nice, nice. I was, I, I was wondering if you, you could go there, but you did. So that's good. That's a, that, uh, it's true. <laughs> all right. So uh, the one question, you know, the the other thing that I wanted to ask you though is is uh, you know how did you what what really made you say I I got to do this this uh, you know career expert thing. I got to got to help people with careers. What 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 made you do that? Um, so, so I think a lot of, a lot of the work that I had done initially when working when, in online education and even, even prior to online education was, was finding ways, um, to connect young people who may not have had the opportunities, um, that maybe their peers had had. And so, you know, career is a big piece of that, right? Making sure that these students had people who could both, you know, advocate for them and connect the dots for them, show them what was possible. And one of the things we know particularly today is that students look for, they want confidence, they want compensation, um, they want connections. Um, and I felt like particularly with technology, particularly with my experiences, I was going to be able to help connect those dots for them. Um, you know, high school doesn't end, uh, your education, your learning, your opportunities don't end at the 12th grade. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that we were setting all of our young people up for success beyond high school, um, whatever success looks like for them. That's so awesome. Appreciate it. Because I got to tell you, I can I can honestly say way back when, when I was, uh, I had to do a lot of that on my own um, because what I was talking about, the people I had connections with really didn't uh, know how to advise me. So they give me the book that had all the colleges in it and said, you know, here, take a look at this. This is how the book works. And so I'd actually check those books out of the counseling department and go home and flip through them and promise to return them. And I would, and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, um, it, it, when you can have that help, it's so important. So important. Well, you, you, you've hit on it, you know, Steve, it, it, sort of exactly with just that. Like we know, we know that content is important, right? We know that that information is important. And so, you know, we aim to provide comprehensive courses and, and pathways across a number of career clusters um, that will help students earn the knowledge that they need to earn them, you know, to, to prepare them to earn an industry recognized certificate or a credential or be ready for college. But we know that that quality content is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, more, more than ever, our high school, even our, our middle school students, they want and they need career readiness programs that set them up for success faster. And that means that those programs have to be as dynamic as we know the future of work is. We have to allow them to explore more deeply whatever their career interests may be. Um, and we have to make sure that they can accelerate their learning so that they can enter college or workforce you know, job ready after high school. And central to that is what we're calling, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, loosely around here, we're calling the ships. Right. According to new research by Pearson, over 50 percent of early talent. So that's high school students, freshmen in college. They want internships, apprenticeships, mentorships, whether they're you know, college bound or they plan to go straight to work. You know, so as you said, Steve, it's great if I have to go and, and read a book. But I, if I have to try to figure out how to make those connections on my own, that's a much bigger challenge. Um, we know that those ships are essential to career readiness that these young people crave. And so. A big part of our focus is is dedicated to making those connections with 
industry and higher ed partners um, on behalf of our students. And, and you mentioned a few, Coursera, Acadium, Pathful is another one that we're working with, eDynamic, Credly, which is a Pearson business. So making sure that we're tying all of those pieces together. Um, and then also making sure that we give our students an opportunity to identify you know, their skills, their interests, their values, and then we identify opportunities for them to explore career fields and then connect with the kinds of ships um, with which you know, they are personally most aligned, not that you know, we think they should be or their families think they should be. That's so cool because that's, you know, it's, you know, one of the things I was the first, even though both my parents had gone to some kind of college or continued to go to it, none of them had, neither of them had gone to a four-year program. And their dream for me was that um, I would go to a four-year college and I would get a degree and what it was going to be in and what I was going to do, they didn't know. And, uh, but that that's what, that's where the push was. And, and so they didn't know how to help me with any thoughts about as I'm trying to do this. And of course I had my own thoughts about what I'm trying to pursue and things like this, which they just encouraged. But it, at the same time, it was all, you are going to end up in that four year place. And so, you know, it's, it, when you have the chance to talk about things and interests and, and figuring the, this stuff out, um, you know, it's, it's so important because you could end up making some serious <laughs> Um, choices along the way that uh, are, are problematic because you, you know, you end up with something that's not exactly what you're thinking about. Well, a- absolutely. And, and, you know, it's you and I probably came from similar backgrounds where our, our families believed that, you know, the four-year college route um, was the was the way to go, um, pretty much the only route to success. Um, I was, you know, the first first person, as I said, in my family to, to finish high school, the first woman in my family to finish high school. So for my family, it was, you are going to go to school and you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, neither of which <laughs> were career <laughs> paths I wanted to pursue. And so when I went into education, it really sort of shook them up. Um, but I, I, I think there's, there's sort of this growing awareness about careers um, that has really shifted over the past, you know, even, even 10 years. Um, in many areas, you know, attending a four-year college was seen as the only opportunity to find a successful career. And, and now we know, thanks to technology, social media, um, there are thousands of ways to find a career that, that interests you. And so we want to make sure that, you know, it's not a, an either or, either you're going to go to college or you're going to pursue a, you know, a, a career in industry, but, you know, maybe it's an and and, you know, yes, and maybe I, uh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and nothing, nothing should be, you know, no door should be shut to these young people as, as they explore all the opportunities that are available to them. I love that. Love it. Uh, good stuff. So let, let's get a little more into, into the Pearson virtual schools here. Um, for those listening who've never heard of it, um, can you tell us a little bit more um, about uh, the schools you serve and, and what you do? Sure. So um, Connections Academy, uh, Connections Academies are uh, tuition-free uh, virtual public schools. Um, we are currently in about 29 states, and every year we serve you know over 100,000 students in K through 12. Um, since you know Connections Academies launched in 2001, I think we've served more than you know one million K through 12 students. Um, basically, we, we have a, an amazing curriculum that's designed by experts, um, delivered by teachers who have been, you know, especially trained to teach online. Um, and then we give our students this, what we like to think of, sort of a unique, well-rounded education um, that really empowers each child to learn in the way that, that they learn best. 
um, you know, we, we, we want to create this high quality educational experience. We want to keep students motivated, engaged, and, and obviously what is very important to parents, you know, safe. And so that's kind of our, um, that's what we lean into. Excellent. Thanks. The, uh, you know, um, one of the things that uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about is the, you know, the new college and career readiness initiatives that you've rolled out this fall. So, you know, one of the things we just got finished talking about is that it's not necessarily that uh, we're talking like my parents were, which, you know, no matter what, you're going to that four-year institution and you're going to like it. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. Now, my plans were all that way anyway. I was, uh, it was going to lead me towards the military and there's all kinds of things that I was focused on. And, uh, um, and, and it, it all worked out with me, you know, trying to find guidance and such along the way and, you know, making those stumbles and the trips and the, you know, all the fun stuff that comes with it when you're doing your own planning and you're, you're worried, you know, you, you don't see some of those pitfalls coming. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have to say this because, you know, one of the things that was big in those days was writing these essays um, to, to get accepted. And, and it's funny after I got accepted and was in college and stuff, I started talking to some of the other, um, you know, some of my friends and stuff like this. And they started telling me about stuff they wrote about. And I'm like, wow, that would have been a great idea to write about. That, that was a cool way of thinking about that. And I, I just, you know, just kind of threw, threw this, you know, beginning, middle, and end thing together and uh, <laughs> like an essay and uh, and submitted it and hoped that they uh, still chose yeah. me. But <laughs> well, and, and if you, you know, if you were somebody like me, that was great, who loved to write and, you know, loves words. And if you're somebody like my husband, right, who um, who is dyslexic, um, and for whom writing was an incredibly challenging exercise, but who is absolutely brilliant with his hands and with technology and has made a wonderful career working in, in IT. But at the time, you know, he, he really felt like college was not for him. He was not going to be able to be successful because he lacked, to your point, even that, that early step, right, that early obstacle, even to just getting into college, even though highly intelligent, highly capable, but lacked some of those, those, you know, those skills that people are looking for or were looking for um, as kind of a prerequisite to even being able to pursue a college education. This this wild. I, so, all right. So let's talk about the, the these college and career readiness initiatives that you guys have rolling out now. So I think, I mean, that exactly this kind of leads perfectly into, into my, uh, what I consider to be one of the most exciting initiatives that we're rolling out. Um, we've talked about, we have wonderful content. Um, we have this, this great focus on, on identifying internships, mentorship opportunities for our young people. Um, but something else that we're launching is something that we're calling the tri-credit approach. And it kind of hits on, Steve, those, those different things we've talked about, like what, you know, what works best for you? Is it college? Is it simply, you know, early career readiness? Um, and so what we're doing is, is we're launching this initiative that allows students to earn simultaneously three things. One is a high school credit um, from Connections Academy. Um, the second is an industry recognized, you know, our industry recognized micro credentials um, from well, through Coursera. And then finally, you know, eligibility for college credit um, via the you know, Coursera and Acadium's college and university partner networks. So our students will be, you know, available, be able to take courses in fields like data analytics, UX design, software development, cybersecurity. Um, and, you know, having completed those courses, having earned those certificates, um, they will be able to take those to, you know, to, to certain universities, to certain colleges and earn college credit for those. You know, so basically what it allows them to do is it, you know, they earn credit while saving time. 
um, while saving money. So it's a cost and a time saving um, initiative for these students, right? By the time they start college, they have credits uh, that they they may choose to use or they may choose to go straight into the into the job into the job market. Um, but the other piece is in addition to sort of preparing them for a career they want to pursue, it might also help to identify a career that they don't want to pursue, right? We have a lot of young people who have to end up making that decision at the most expensive time of their life, which is when they're two or three years into college and suddenly decide that maybe this was not the field they wanted to pursue to begin with. So we're hoping to give our young people kind of a, a head start um, starting in, you know, their, their high school career um, so that they'll, they'll have that information and they'll have those, those resources and those credits at their disposal, regardless of what they decide to do. I think that's so cool because it, it's, you know, one of those things, especially, you know, when you're a kid, um, you know, and I'm sure many people remember some of these things, uh, you're easily swayed sometimes by your friends. And, uh, um, and you know, we also have the input that our parents have and so forth. But our friends have a little more sway there. And you might have heard of something that one of them was thinking about doing and uh, someone was doing this or that. And one of my favorite thoughts about this was that I really – to be a comic book art artist, all right, and yeah. I love superheroes and Spider Man and Batman were my two biggies. And I was thinking about that, and I had a friend who was amazing at it, and he also was an art student, and uh, he uh, took private um, tutoring type things. He, I'm just surprised he never did that. He he went into the music world instead, which is that was also another talent. But um, I had no tutor, and I had none of that, and I had the comics that I read, and I practiced, and all this sort of stuff, and I didn't realize that there are kind of some rules about where the muscles go when you do the body and so forth, and, uh, you know, and it's it's one of those things that, yeah, it suddenly became something that I think, I don't not think that's the direction I want to go, and, you know, and and I often wonder, you know, I, I at, at that same time, I was thinking about, you know, well, it'd be cool to be a veterinarian, and uh, then my dad got me an unpaid uh, um kind of like one of those ships you were talking about where uh, I spent a summer working with a veterinarian and I found out something as f great as it was animals die. <laughs> and suddenly I cry at, you know, different movies. All right. And, and it's, and that's not even real. And then and here I am in the room and I'm helping uh, take care of uh, the conversations that are happening with the families as they deal with their, their pet who's no longer here and you know and it and i'm like okay nope nope no 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 this is not good for me um this is this is you know it's really cool having guidance and um a program in order or to work out through this and then plus you're talking about uh getting credit to it to attend can you talk a little bit about like the types of some of the, the you know some of the programs that uh, are kind of more, more popular that um, kids might, I, I hate to say that a lot of times people say, well, all of yeah. them are popular, but you know, <laughs> well, it's, it's true. Um, you know, we, we've sort of started, um, with those that we anticipate will be more, um, appealing to young people. Right. So, so starting with social media marketing, um, you know, we know that this is a, a pretty entrepreneurial, uh, generation of students. Um, we know that, you know, if you look at, at TikTok and you look at uh, some of the technology that they're utilizing to already build their brand. Um, but to your point, almost about being a cartoonist, there's more to it than simply launching a YouTube video or TikTok, right? And so we're wanting to sort of lean into what we think may be of interest to them and appealing to them, but at the same time show like there are ways to approach this um, that are more likely to actually land you a career um, and have you sort of set up for this kind of thing um, down the road. So 
We're starting with, you know, we're starting with, with, with Google Analytics. We're starting with Meta Social Media Marketing. Um, we interestingly had a, a fair number of students who were very interested in, you know, retail and uh, being, you know, working working in that field. And so we've introduced Salesforce um, and the ability to be kind of a sales professional. Um, and so we're kind of starting uh, with with those to see, you know, how, um, how students uh, digest them, how they respond to them. Um, but across the, the sort of Coursera platform, there are there are thousands of options. And one of the other things that we're, we're showing our young people is, let's say you still say you want to go to college, right? You really want to go and pursue a degree in history. I was an English literature major. Like we know just how employable <laughs> English literature majors can be. Um, you want to pursue philosophy, right? That's fine. But one of the things we're able to show them is if you couple that degree with a credential in data analytics or UX design, your chances of being employed or your chances of earning a salary that is 20 to 30% higher than you might otherwise with a pure English lit or philosophy degree um, are much more significant. And so we're sort of starting as well as, as putting these credentials on in front of them so that they can have a skill that they can, you know, that they can advertise and post on LinkedIn, they can start to build their digital backpack. Um, it's also to start to educate them about the fact that, again, it's not either or, you can go to college and pursue the degree that you're most interested in, but at the same time, having some of these, these resources um, in your back pockets are going to help you long-term with your career. Um, so hopefully, you know, after, after this year, we'll be, you know, really adding to the suite of, the suite of offerings that we're going to be, you know, putting through our tri-credit approach. That's so cool. I mean, it, you know, it's, I, so one of the things I got to make sure I get you to say, so how do they, how, how does it, how do they find out about you? I mean, how do they figure this out? I mean, is it uh, a neon sign in some schools and other places you got to find the, the person well, who knows anything or? Yeah. So with, so, you know, hopefully we will be, we will be um, putting all of this on our, on our websites and, and, you know, through conversations with guys like you, Steve, hopefully we will be able to start building some awareness um, right now, we're, we're, we're piloting this in a few schools. Um, some, some schools raised their hands. It's pretty new in the space, and they were willing to, to try it first. Um, so this year, we're doing it across you know, five schools with the idea that once we have some um, you know, true confidence in the approach and how this works with young people and how they're responding to it, then we can start to, to spread this across the entire you know, Connections Academy network. Um, we want to make sure that we're doing it thoughtfully and that we're, you know, anticipating how students respond to something. We know how adults do. We know how successful this is in higher ed and workforce. Um, but bringing it into younger people is is a is a pretty new approach. And so we want to make sure that we're we're working out the kinks and then we plan to to launch it more broadly. That's awesome. I, you know, so for for uh, let's talk for a minute about the um, you know the school leaders that are that are listening, um, who are in a traditional school setting and so forth. I mean, do you have advice on how they could deliver, you know, and changing how career advice is given and so forth like that in their own schools? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I would actually say for traditional brick and mortar online, however you're delivering it, I think for, for any school leader right now, um, it's essential for us to recognize that the landscape of career readiness is evolving rapidly. And we need to be ready to adapt our approaches <clears throat> to better prepare our students for the future. I think the other thing is, um, and maybe this is a bit more of a challenge sometimes in, in traditional models, um, is embracing flexibility. Um, we have to be ready to incorporate more flexible learning options um, within our school programs. And that could be offering more online courses, allowing students to participate 
in internships and mentorships, apprenticeships, um, providing opportunities for project-based learning outside of the traditional classroom. Um, I think we have to, you know, also consider that uh, leveraging technology is not a bad thing. Uh, we need to utilize technology to connect students with virtual resources, uh, mentors, industry professionals. I think a lot of people believe that quality can only happen in person. And interestingly, that still seems to be somewhat the, the feeling, even though we've seen what we can do when we work remotely. Um, you know, there's a ton being done with virtual reality and simulations that can provide, you know, the equivalent of hands-on experiences in various fields, even for students in physical classrooms. And that can bridge the gap between traditional and online learning. Uh, and then empower student choice. I mean, this is, this is a very interesting generation of young people who know how to advocate for themselves, um, are willing to kind of question, well, is that the path I want to go down or is there something else I want to pursue? They're increasingly making their own career choices and they're increasingly making those based on more than how lucrative a career they can pursue. It's important. They want financial stability, but they want to find careers that match their personal values and their interests. You know, some, some people are referring to them as the activist generation. Um, and we have to consider those things as, as we're introducing them to opportunities and possibilities. Um, I think we need to highlight career readiness skills that are not just about technical skills, right? When you look at uh, some, some recent data that shows what recruiters and hiring managers are looking for, uh, about a year ago, it was seven out of 10 were looking for these durable skills. They used to be called soft skills. Now we call them transferable skills or professional skills. Um, I saw a study a week ago that said that's now nine out of 10 of those skills <laughs> are what they are looking for. Wow. Um, because they're essentially, you know, in a lot of ways, they're, they're, they're AI resistant, right? These are the right. kinds of things yes. that we're going to continue to need to have um, in, in, in our futures and in our careers. Um, so we need to start showing young people that there are opportunities for you to really exercise skills that are going to be valuable and marketable, right? If you're a good communicator, you have good leadership skills, you know how to collaborate. Let's give them opportunities to practice that. But let's also make sure that they have some confidence that they can go into the workforce and, and somebody will hire them because of things beyond just the fact that they have these great technical skills or, you know, a ton of content knowledge. Um, and then I think we, you know, we, we have to make sure that um, we're continually evaluating and adapting our approach. That has not always been the case uh, in education. We tend to stick with what we like. You know, I know teaching English, I glommed onto the middle ages and taught him forever because, nice, right? nice, because nice. it was something I just was personally attached to. Um, but we have to make sure that we are continuously assessing the effectiveness of our career readiness programs and making those necessary adjustments, which, you know, part of our, our reason for partnering with somebody like Coursera is because they are listening to industry trends and they are adapting and updating as those trends shift. And so we're able to bring those changes to our students um, at the same time as they're as they're happening and and react to that. Um, so that's that's a lot, but I think that's the kind of thing we just have to as as school leaders generally, um, and even as parents, start to be you know more open to. That's so powerful. I mean, it, it, it when you think about it and stuff, and I and all you what you're really doing is making me think about. Uh, oh, I remember those days because you know I, I told you a couple of them. I mean, one of them I wanted. I I mean, I wanted to. I thought about well, uh, I. What I really want to do is fly jets. That would be so cool. I want to fly jets. I I built plastic models of airplanes all the time, and I and uh, I, I went to air shows and all kinds of stuff. I said that's what I want to do. So I'm going to go. Part of me was military, 
and uh, fly jets. And one day I was talking to a friend of mine as I was working on stuff, uh, applications or whatever, and uh, someone who knew me very well, my friend said to me, he goes, uh, um, you know, you don't like roller coasters, do you? And I said, <laughs> I said, no, what's your point? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Well, that's like the biggest roller coaster that exists." And I said, "Yeah, I'm going to go for you, <laughs> <laughs> right?" And and uh, and uh, what's funny is, so I became an officer in the army. Um, just a note, but the uh, ground, and no, on the no ground, feet on the ground, feet on the ground. But the 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 funny thing about this was that I it got I started focusing on uh, military academies, and at my school there was no one who really understood how to help me in that direction the timing of the world also had to had to do probably with some of that too and even though i didn't make the academy i ended up in something called a military junior college and and that allowed me to achieve my dream into the um into the into the military and become an officer that way and then to do the other stuff that ends up um, becoming my teaching and uh but the, the point is, is that there's, there's a whole bunch of little stumbles that happen along the way. And uh, it, it, it's interesting that yeah, I kind of learned as I, I tripped through these things, like the being told, uh, you know, flying jets, that's, that's going to be rough. You're going to decorate the inside of that cockpit. That's, for, you know, it, you know uh, that might have been TMI. I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know. No, no I, I can relate. I don't like roller coasters either. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny because, you know, sometimes, like I learned recently, one of the things, I mean, there's, it, it's interesting when you uh, you find out about just when you talk with other people and they start thinking about stuff that they're interested in. This world that we're in today, there's so many things that have, have just changed so rapidly that, you know, really didn't for a while there, even though they were changing the background. I mean, it, it still was, uh, you know, AI was a, a, a thing in the in the movies, like when, uh, and for those of you who don't know this reference, but uh, when um, the... Uh, when Hal decides that Dave is no longer needed, the astronaut and Hal is the computer in, in space. And, uh, you know, and by the way, maybe, uh, you know, and, and, and Skynet was just a thing out of a very cool movie with, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, <laughs> walking around as a Terminator and, you know, and, uh, but, uh, now there's people wondering where we're going with this. I, I read a, you know, I, I read a story the other day that, uh, was talking about, uh, just how automated fast food is becoming rapidly. And uh, one of the most frustrating things is when you get the automated uh, robot to fill you your drink because it only fills it to this certain <laughs> level, whereas a kid would actually fill it like they would want it. And uh, Exactly. <laughs> but, it's, but this type of stuff is changing so rapidly. Even just, I mean, it, even though I don't think we need to be afraid of Hal or, or the Terminator right now or Skynet, you know, it, there, there's certain things that it, it does need when people are talking about careers and things like this, need to keep in mind that some of you're going to need to know a little bit more about, uh, you know, this type of world. I mean, what do you think? That's it. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to be you've got to be informed, right? I mean, now we knowledge is power. Yes, it's the cliche, but it's true. Um, it's a couple of things. I mean, you you hit on some of this, right? Careers are are not linear, right? And and right. education now is is not linear either, right? There are ways for you to explore different things some of which this technology has made possible. Um, definitely it's made us more aware, right, of what those different options are and those different paths are. Um, but I, I think, at the risk of repeating myself, I, I think the, the best way to avoid being replaced by technology is to embrace technology, right? One thing we know is that Pandora is out of the box. Yes. Uh, however you view that as good or bad, it's not. that's not changing. We're not going backwards anytime soon. 
Um, and there's always going to be true human intelligence that is necessary um, to make, you know, artificial intelligence and automation beneficial for human beings. So there is a way to take this technology and find a way to replace repetitive mundane tasks and spend more of our time, invest more of our time in things that are personally meaningful to us. Um, you know, there's been concerns in the classroom about teachers being replaced by, by you know, AI. That's, that's simply not going to happen. But what it might do is free up the time spent on, you know, grading papers and doing some of the, you know, sort of the more mundane pieces so that they can really spend their time focusing on connecting with their students and, and pursuing the things that are interesting to them. Um, I think that people who are more comfortable with and more familiar with AI are going to be able to see it as it's an editor, it's an assistance, uh, assistant, it's not it's not the person or the thing that ultimately replaces or does their work for them. And then that goes back to those human and durable skills, right? Let's, let's make sure that we are honing those. We are showcasing those. We are encouraging those not as, and that's why I'm glad we're no longer really calling them soft skills because soft suggests squishy and less important. <laughs> um, but human durable, professional transferable skills um, are really where I think we, we need to be focusing because we know that's what employers are seeking. And we know that those are somewhat um, future resistant, if we want to call it that. As it's, it's so important to know that, that information because, you know, it's funny, um, there for a while, and it's very popular right now, a lot of HR, um, doesn't matter what part of the world you're in, uh, what a lot of them are using some of these um, algorithms that are um, determined whether you get what next step through the door or something like this. And what they're discovering is that if you just didn't say the right word or two, that you may be out as opposed to the human interaction, which um, may be the reason why you got through the door, even though you didn't use all the correct words or something like that. In, interesting stat, Steve. <laughs> it's exactly right, right? It's, it's important, yes, that you can fill out your resumes. There was a stat I read um, recently that said, you know, 80%, um, 85% of people will get a job through a human connection, right? Somebody who says, I know this person, I vouch for this person. I know you have a thousand resumes you're currently reviewing, but hey, give this person a, give this person a shot. Um, and another slightly, maybe more alarming one is that something like 80% of jobs are never even posted, right? So right, right. this goes back to that idea of ships, right? Making those connections, building those networks for our young people um, so that, so that we can give them sort of open those doors that for so many students have been shut simply because of, you know, their background um, or the fact that they lack some of those immediate connections. Um, maybe they don't benefit from the internship or the opportunity, the introduction a parent can make for them. Um, but thanks to technology, there are ways to really bring those to these young people instead of expecting them to have to go out and, and find them on their own. So I think that it's an incredibly important piece to make because you're right, an algorithm should not be what keeps you from getting a job. Um, but maybe a human connection, right, will help you to get it. I love that. I love that because that's exactly, you know, it's part of our world that going back to those uh, those skills that you're talking about, that's where they come into play, which is uh, the idea that uh, I can show you that who I am as opposed to, the words that come out on the paper exactly. and I didn't use the one that the robot's looking for, but, you know, <laughs> well, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
this is cool. So, so tell me what trends you're seeing out of the, out of kids, out of the students right now, as far as career readiness is going. What, what do you, what do you oh, see in there? Yeah, they're a, they're a great generation. Look, all the generations are great, right? But I really, I'm really enjoying this one. Um, first of all, I think, I think definitely, as I mentioned earlier, there is a sort of a changing perspective on what career success looks like. <clears throat> they're much more proactive in making their own career choices. Um, and, you know, again, not that, making a good living is not important to them, right? That compensation does matter, but they are far more likely to prioritize um, fulfillment and what matches their values than generations before them. And so I think that's a, that's a super important shift um, in their perspective. I think we mentioned this already around sort of this entrepreneurship and marketing piece. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, not, you know, they just sort of dismiss it as this silly hobby and this, this silliness about social media and TikTok and so on. Um, but I really think we have to consider the popularity of, of entrepreneurship and self-marketing among our students, right? Especially through platforms like YouTube and TikTok and so on, because it showcases how they build, they're building their own brains. Um, and so there's, it's important that we, you know, we, we support them in those endeavors and find ways to help them channel that in a way that might be a productive, you know, career choice. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that they are more aware of options that are out there um, because of technology, because of social media. Um, you know, in the past, it was like, if you want to go into education, you have to be a teacher. If you want to go into the health field, you have to be a nurse or a doctor. And so you've got these young people who go, well, I hate blood and I couldn't possibly go in without recognizing that, you know, some of the, the biggest employers of IT are in healthcare. So if you want to go into healthcare and that's important to you to be part of that, uh, you know, you want to help, you want to give back, you want to contribute, but you, you don't want to be a teacher, you don't want to be a nurse. There are at, there are hundreds of other jobs, right, that can be in, um, in an area that you're interested in, a career that you're interested in, but in a space or a field that you, that you really think aligns with your values and your mission and your, and your life. And then I think the other thing, and this is, this is changing, and it's changing with educators and parents, but it's, it's changing slowly. Um, which is this evolving perception of what career and technical education or CTE is, right? I think growing up and certainly, you know, teaching, you know, the idea was that, you know, college was for college, right? And that's, that's where those students are going. And then CTE is vocational aid or it's for students who aren't interested in pursuing, you know, a college, a college degree. Um, and we see now that more and more students and parents are open to considering career readiness programs or CTE programs as, as viable career pathways. Um, again, no, no longer that either or approach, right? More of that yes and trajectory. I can pursue employment right now and choose to go to college later, or I can go to college now and at the same time, you know, consider what my employability options may be. But um, I definitely think there is this changing idea of what career readiness education can be. And that is you know, college and career readiness. They're not mutually exclusive. So cool. So right. The, uh, it's, you got me thinking about this first time I got introduced to computers. Um, I wish it hadn't been this way. Um, but you got extra credit if you stayed after in the math department chair's room and, and you, you <laughs> typed in these go-to if then statements and that were coming out of these magazines so they could play these games. All right. Okay. And, and, yep. uh, you got extra credit for doing that. And that was my introduction because the first day I learned about save, um, because in those days there was no such thing as automatic save, which I learned. Yep. I learned the hard way. Um, I came, learned that the hard way a few times. So. <laughs> no, I, you know, you come back and, and I, I just think about how far we've progressed because it's so much part of our lives now. And it wasn't then. And if I, right. you know, if I'd had someone talking with me a little bit about some of that stuff, I probably would have, uh, 
um, taking a little left turn at Albuquerque, and I would have said, uh, you know, maybe I need to take a look at. Uh, sorry, I watched too much Bugs Bunny when I grew up. Um, <laughs> the uh, but <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's it, it, there's so much to uh, the you know the thinking and the thoughts that they have about and and I guess here's part of my point is listening to them <laughs> about uh, getting someone who will listen to them and give them some advice about where they're going. That's right, because, you know, students still listen to their parents, right? Their parents still have the greatest impact on the decisions that they make. Slightly behind are school counselors, right? So <laughs> it's like 62% parents, 61% school counselors. So we need to make sure that we are equipping, right, parents, counselors, whoever those that that student is listening to, to exactly to your point, listen to them. These are the kinds of questions to, to ask them. These are the kinds of options to be aware of so that, you're hearing from them, but then you have the ability to provide some informed guidance and suggestions and recommendations that, you know, that are basically evolving with the way the world is evolving itself. Um, because the parents and parents and guardians and, um, you know, counselors and others are going to continue to to be important influencers, even if these young people are coming in with their own ideas and perspectives. So cool. So cool. Uh, Lorna, if, we're getting ready to finish up. If someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and learn more, where would you send them? Sure. So they can certainly find me on LinkedIn. Um, that is always a, a good spot to go. Um, I am always open to a direct email. Um, so my work email is lorna.bryant at pearson.com, and they are certainly welcome to reach out that way. Awesome. I'll put that information in the show notes so it'll be easy for them to find and connect with you, which is good stuff. I, I got two last questions I'd like to ask my guests, and one of them goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Oh, it's such a good question because it goes beautifully with my favorite quotes. So um, I do have a favorite quote that I've had for, for as long as I can remember, and it's, uh, it's from Helen Keller. And uh, it is, you know, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. Um, and because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. And the reason it's so you know, important to me is because you know, we can become so overwhelmed by the scope of the challenges in front of us. If we look at it, especially as, as, as educators, um, we know that the stakes are really high. And so sometimes we become so discouraged by our inability to solve what seems like an insurmountable problem that we just stop altogether because we, we just can't solve the whole thing. And so it reminds me every time I see that, that, you know, every effort, every accomplishment, it doesn't matter how insignificant it seems in isolation, um, especially if you combine that with, you know, the efforts of others. And I've been so lucky to work with passionate, dedicated people. You really can have some pretty impactful outcomes and, and you don't see it maybe at the time, but years later, when you look back and you reflect and you think about, lives you've impacted um it's it's uh it's pretty it's pretty inspiring it's hard to stop when you know that that's the possibility that's cool i love it uh, uh last question do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life if so who was it and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you well um actually i have two um interestingly both history teachers even though i got an english degree um i would say my very first was my my high school history teacher in uh, in south africa um, I don't know that I quite realized it at the time, um, but, you know, as I got older, I did. I realized just how unbelievably courageous she was. Um, you know, at a time in, in apartheid era South Africa, there were very strong restrictions on what could be taught. And, you know, she made sure at, at what I now recognize was such great personal risk 
um, to make sure that we knew that there was more than we were being told and that we knew um, and to push us to always ask questions and to challenge something if it didn't seem right. And I have carried that forever. Um, and then my second was the teacher who actually took me into her home uh, here in the U.S. Um, she supported me so that I could, in every way, uh, so that I could, you know, pursue my my family's dream <laughs> of me getting a college degree in the U.S. Um, and, you know, when, when I look at the impact that she's had on her students, I mean, she, you know, she helped impact generational change. And because I still live here, I can actually see that when I see the students and their families that, that she touched. So... Um, those two women have been uh, pretty powerful uh, people in my life, and I don't know that I actually could thank them enough. Thanks so much, Lauren. This is this is so cool, and uh, that's that's neat to have you share that information. Because uh, oh my gosh, she, I can imagine she was taking um, yeah. yeah some serious risks there. <laughs> so. Um, she was. But uh, thank you so much for sharing all about uh, Pearson and uh, the the. Uh, virtual schools and uh, the Connections Academy and talking about uh, career and career decisions and uh, um, students and, and where that path might be taking them, how you guys can help them. That's good stuff. Um, what an awesome focus you guys have and I uh, wish you the best in all you do. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. Thanks for, thanks for letting me share and thank you for what you do and uh, all the information that you share. I really appreciate that as well. So thank you. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.